0: ...a series just called His Church. You know, in our generation, there are some who have the attitude, in fact, I've heard it spoken out loud before, they say, God is whoever we want Him to be. And I, I just want you to know, we want to know the one true God. We want to know the God of the Bible. We want to know what the Scripture says about God so that we can truly know Him. I want to make the point to you here. You see, a lot of people have the same kind of a mindset about the church that church is just whatever you want it to be. We need to see what the scripture says about the church. We need to see what his church is supposed to be like, how he wants his church to be. Not just what we think, but what he wants. That's what's important. You know, Jesus is the first to mention the church in Scripture in Matthew 16, 18. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then last week, we talked about Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Just before Jesus left this earth and ascended to the Father, He gave us a great commission to go into all the world and to make disciples. And that is our mission as a church. This morning, the message is the body of Christ. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, the Scripture tells us about Jesus and His church. God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be the head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. This is not just some spiritual mumbo-jumbo here. This is a spiritual truth, an amazing spiritual truth. The church, which is His body, this is spiritual truth. The church is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth today. Jesus is alive and well in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for His saints. But He is also alive and well in the earth today, in His body, the church. He is moving and working all around the world through His body, the church. The church is His body. You know, in our generation, the body of Christ has really been hindered by well, four i's. I'm not talking about eyes you see with, but the letter i. The first one is independence. I don't need anybody. I can do it all on my own. Out of that comes individualism. It's all about the individual. The group is not important. It's just about us individually. And out of that comes isolationism. We do life alone, whether we make it or not, whether our brother and sister make it or not, we just do it all on our own. We are living in such a lonely society with all of our devices to connect to one another, and yet more than ever before, people are isolated. And in the church, it should never be that way. We are all in this together. Now, I want to tell you, I learned all of those attitudes to some degree growing up watching John Wayne movies. Now, some of you don't even know what John Wayne... What is a John Wayne movie? Well, I'm just telling you, John Wayne movies may not be popular today, but the attitudes are still just as popular but I watch these John Wayne movies and, you know, here's this rugged individualism, you know, it's, it, and, and he's so independent, doesn't need anybody else. And isolated, he's going to get it done all by himself. And, and I grew up with those attitudes and mentalities. I just want you to understand that none of those things have any place in the body of Christ. I still love John Wayne movies. But we need to know that those attitudes just don't fit. They don't work. They're not scriptural in the body of Christ. And, well, there's one more I need to add. It's just the word I. Because in our culture today, it's all about what I want. It's about me. But in the body of Christ, it's never about I or me. It's about us and it's about them, but most of all, it's about Him. It's His church, and we are His people. He is gathering together a people, He calls it the church, a people from every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every people group. He's gathering together a people who will worship Him for all eternity. It's His church, and it really is all about Him. But we, un- we just need to understand it is not about I. It's not about me and what I want. No, it's always what He wants. This morning, we're going to see how unscriptural those attitudes are as we work our way through the Scripture. We're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 14. It says, "...now the body is not made up of one part, but of many." We are all part of the body, but we are just one part. Some people want to act like that they're the body of Christ all by themselves. You're just one part, but you are, every one of us who's born again, we are part of the body. See, we're the body, not individually individually but collectively, all of us together. See, the world pushes that independence, that attitude. We don't need anybody else, and it's so unscriptural. And I'm going to show you plainly from the Word of God today that we do need the rest of the body. We'll never be all that God wants us to be or accomplish. All that God wants us to accomplish on our own as a Christian No, we have to be connected to the rest of the body of Christ. Verse 15, it says, If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. You see, you might feel out of place. You might look around and see people. They're all different from you. I mean, you know, it's like you're an eye, and so you look around, and all you see is a bunch of toes. And you're like, I don't belong here. This is the way it's supposed to be in the body of Christ, that there is diversity, that we're not all just alike. It is such a worldly, carnal attitude. You know, I want to find my people. I want to hang out with my people. That will always be limited. There is strength in our diversity. See, some people look at diversity as a weakness, but it's not. It is a strength to us. You know, in this world, they always have this attitude. I, I just want to be around people like me, people I agree with, you know, people I got a lot of things in common with, you know, similar likes and dislikes, people that even dress like me. Some of you thinking right now, this guy up here in a coat and tie, I don't know if I could ever relate to such a guy. I had a friend one time, he came to the church once or twice, and he told me, he said, I, I'm just not comfortable coming to a church where the preacher wears a coat and tie. I want to tell you, I don't think in our culture today people judge you much for wearing jeans to church, but they sure will judge you for wearing a coat and tie. I don't think I'm better than anybody because I wear a coat and tie. I think I need all the help I can get. You know, sometimes you got to try to dress up an old bulldog. And what's more, my wife likes it. So I wear a coat and tie. And that doesn't mean we don't belong together. That is ridiculous carnal mind thinking. Good grief. It's amazing how the enemy tries to get people to thinking, well, you know, these people are different. I don't belong here. Yes, you do. We all belong. Let me tell you something. There's only one of you. There's only one of you there might be some people that you agree with and they're kind of like you, but there's only one of you. And you might feel like you're that weird duck. Guess what? We need you too. Every single one of you are a part of the body of Christ. And that is part of the strength of the body of Christ because where you might be weak... Anybody weak in some areas? Come on. Me? Me? somebody else is strong. And where you're strong, somebody else might be weak. This is why we need each other. This is how diversity works. Not anybody has all the gifts. Not anybody can do everything. No, it takes all of us working together. But you know, besides the fact that we need the diversity... You need to realize that we have a lot in common. I mean, if you're a born-again Christian, let me just tell you that we all are born of the same Spirit, washed in the same blood. We worship the same Heavenly Father. We're going to the same eternal home. We got all kinds of things. In fact, the most important things we all have in common. So you don't look at the outside and little likes and dislikes what kind of music you like and i like this and st- oh come on that is so carnal minded that's not what church is about no he has brought us together from all different backgrounds and different kinds of people to make one body 1 Corinthians 12, 17, it says, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Some churches, they just focus on one area or another. There's the worship church. There's the mission church. I think we ought to be the everything church because we all are part of that same body And Listen, we don't just need people that know how to sing and worship God. We need people that know how to go out and talk to people on the street about Jesus. Some people are just gifted at that. See, it takes all of us working together. That's where our strength comes from. But you know, the body is kind of like a giant puzzle, and each piece is unique in some way. Each piece belongs in a certain place. And our Heavenly Father, He knows where each of us belong. You know, he's working with the, the box, the full picture. You know what I'm saying? He, he sees the big picture and he knows where we fit. And without certain pieces, without without all the pieces, right, the picture isn't really complete. Uh, you know, I've had the occasion where I was going through an old junk drawer at, at the house and... Oh my goodness, here's a piece of a puzzle. What good is that? And yet there's a lot of Christians, they are separated out in the junk drawer of life and not fit into the body where they're supposed to be. Verse 18, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, some people want to get all judgmental and critical and say, well, I don't think they belong here. You ain't God. And I'm telling you, He has arranged the parts of the body just as He wants them to be. God places people in the body so that we can be effective. We need to be thankful for each part and for each function, each work that is done. Next time you have a complaint about one of the members of the body, you need to go to the one who arranged them. Just saying. Verse 19, If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. You see, we can't all be the same. That's not a body. No, it takes all the different parts to form a body. It takes young and old. It takes intellectual and mm, not so intellectual. See how... I handled that. White <laughs> collar, blue collar, redneck. I'm just telling you, it takes all of us from every background. That's right. Carnal people always want to just be around people like themselves. People that think, act, dress, talk just like they do. But I want to tell you, we draw strength from one another. And I see this one as one of the strongest deceptions of Satan to keep the body from being as effective as it ought to be, this generation gap. You know, they started talking about that back in the 60s. We've got this generation gap, young and old. Can't, can't agree. You know, They got different hairstyles and clothing styles and music styles and talk different. Generation gap. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if they wear different hairstyles or no hair. It doesn't matter if they talk different and talk weird and cannot... We all belong in the same body. All of us together. It is such a tool of the enemy to try to keep young people and older people from working together to accomplish what God wants to do in and through His church. You know, a church without young people or children is missing something. And, and it's kind of popular to say that, you know, we know well, a church without young people is a dying church. That's true. We need young people. A church without young people or children is missing something. This is also true. A church without older saints is missing something something vital, something important. And you see, there have been a lot of young ministers who started up churches, and some of them become mega churches. And they have almost no elderly people in their church. They're missing something. We need that diversity in the body of Christ. And I am thankful that we have babies and children and youth and young adults and everything in between all the way up to elderly saints. Somebody might even be older than me. But it's all of us together. This is the way it's supposed to be. All part of the same body. I want our teenagers to know that we need you. You are an important part of the body of Christ. We need your energy and your zeal for the Lord. Some people say, well, they're the, the church of tomorrow. They're the church of right now, too. They are important in the church right now. And here's the thing: you see, many of the great issues of our day, it centers around young people. Do you realize that that is the they're on the front lines of the battle? And not only that, they also are in the midst of the greatest harvest field. See, Uh, teenagers are so important. And then, you know, we have a great young adult group here. In my 40 years of ministry, I've seen over and over and over the tremendous potential of young adults in ministry. They have the the ability to commit to a cause and the independence to be able to pursue that with a whole heart. And, you know, you just look around our church, you see young adults up here leading in worship. You see young adults working cameras and taking care of things in the sound booth. You see young adults working as youth leaders and young adults serving in children's ministry. It's amazing how many young adults are really involved in the work of the ministry here. So necessary, so needed. And then you got people my age and a little older. I want to tell you something. We need that wisdom We need your experience and what you have to offer. I tell you plainly, I know so much more about the Lord than I did 30 years ago. I know so much more of the Word than I did 30 years ago, or even 10 years ago. I know so much more about ministry than I did when I was in my 30s. Well, I could tell you some stories. And I know that a lot of you, you have learned so much too. Don't let the enemy sideline you and tell you that you are no longer needed or imported. In fact, if you have retired from ministry, I'm calling you out of retirement in the name of Jesus. You have a part, you have a function, a place in this body, and you are needed. They need your wisdom, and you need to get involved in whatever way that you can. See? Now everybody else in between those young adults and those older adults, you are the core of the church. You're the biggest group. You're the group that kind of holds it all together. But here's an issue for you is that you have so many of the demands of life and responsibilities upon you of working and taking care of the family and all kinds of responsibilities. But the the danger for you is that you're so wrapped up in the demands of life and your responsibilities that you don't have time to be involved in the work of the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, we need you. You see, every part of the body, we need you. 1 Corinthians 12, 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. See, there there cannot be that independent attitude. He has designed it as such that we need each other. Some people want to say, I don't need anybody. It's just me and Jesus. But they didn't get that from the Bible. It might sound cool, but it's not in the Bible. Jesus is building His church. And it's never just about you. We love one another. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. I want to know how you do those things when it's just you and Jesus. And I'm confronting that hard because it has been such a deception of Satan to keep people from being involved in the church, and it weakens the body of Christ and what God wants to do in and through us. You know, even the Apostle Paul, who was beaten and stoned, run out of town, hated, persecuted. He kept going. He just kept going. And yet, many times in Scripture, he acknowledged his need for his brothers and sisters in Christ. One example of that is in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He tells Timothy, he says, Be diligent to come to me quickly and bring Mark with you. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, he tells the Ephesians church, he says, Pray for me that I will boldly make known the gospel. You see, all of us, even the strongest of us, even the, you know, that you got great intestinal fortitude, you're tough, you can do it. We all need each other, every single one of us. Some Christians, I guess, think they're stronger than the Apostle Paul, but they're not. One pastor went to visit a man that had quit attending church, and it was winter, and he had a fire in the fireplace, and the man made that statement that we've all heard before, I can be just as good a Christian here at my, my own house, I don't have to go down there to the church to be a Christian. And the pastor, he didn't say anything. He just walked over to the fireplace and he, he took the poker and he separated a burning ember over by itself. He it didn't say a word, he just waited. In just a moment, the ember started going out. The man said, I see. I'll be at church Sunday. I wish it was always that simple, but it is just that real. We need the rest of the body of Christ. We should never think that we don't. That is a deception. From the enemy of our souls. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another in all the day, excuse me, and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, the issue is not, can we survive? Can we hang on till the end by ourselves? The issue is, how much stronger could we be? How much more could we accomplish with the strength and the encouragement from the body of Christ? And not only might it benefit us, but what strength might I add to others if I'm involved with others? Each one of us has abilities that we need to contribute to the whole. That's the body of Christ working in the earth today. And I know there are some people that think they don't have anything to offer. You're wrong. Every single one of us has gifts and ability. God has placed us in the body for a reason. Maybe your gift is just to invite people to church. I I pastored one church for about five years and this one family came to the church. The first Sunday they came there, just by the grace of God, I happened to preach a message. Uh, I still remember the title. It was called Marriage. Whose idea was this? And I preached this message on marriage and they told me later that 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 message saved their marriage and they became part of the church. Now... They weren't perfect. They had a lot of flaws, a little rough around the edges. Me too sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But they're a little rough around the edges. And, but what happened was is that in less than a year, they had invited more people to church than the rest of that church had in five years. I mean, every week they're showing up with people. And I was, you know, I was friends with the guy. I was with him at the ball field, the, you know, out of the ball games one day. And he's at the concession stand and I watch him in action. He turns around and whoever's there, He's like, how you doing, cowboy? Called everybody cowboy. And he just starts a conversation and he's inviting them to church. That's a gift. Being able to talk to people like that and being able to do that. Now, <clears throat> a little bit of time goes by and... You know, they had some issues and conflict with somebody else in the church. and I get a call from my presbyter. Brother Hill, I hear st- something going on down there. What's going on down there? Somebody had called him. I said, well, let me tell you. Sunday night, I baptized eight people. That's a lot of people in a little church. I said, I baptized eight people. When's the last time you baptized eight people? He said, it's been a long time. I said, well, those eight people, they were all invited by that family. I just want you to know, God places the members of the body and arranges them the way He wants them to be, and that church, they needed that family. And they might have been rough around the edges, they might have had some problems, and there's two things I want to make out of that story. Number one, you need to realize there's some people that ain't perfect here. There's also some people that quit going to church because they could never find the one that had all perfect people. And if you find it, guess what? You can't join it because you'll ruin it. That's the truth. The other side of that is that some of you, you're a little rough around the edges and you're not sure. I will tell you, you do belong here. I mean, we're going to believe God's going to clean you up and you're going to become a spiritual person, but we want you here. He's still cleaning me up. We need you. You need to know the pastor needs you. (laughs) The church needs you. And I just want to say this clearly. If you're visiting here today, we want you here. We want you to become part of this body. 1 Corinthians 12 22 through 24. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. There's no, indis- There's no dispensable people. People that not matter. No. Those parts that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. See, every part is important in the body of Christ. Some people have the attitude that you know, if you're not on the platform you know, in some way that you're not really important. That is such a lie of the enemy. You know, I mentioned this just recently, but it needs to be said again. You know, we have nursery workers that without them, it would be awfully hard for their mom to really receive what the Lord wanted to minister to them. There are greeters who smile and make people feel welcome. And a lot of the time, people have already decided whether or not they like a church before they ever get in the auditorium. It makes a difference. You see, to realize that every part of the body matters. All of us, not just certain ones, can't have that attitude that some are more important it's all of us working together that makes the body effective. Yeah. They say that not long after the IQ test was first developed, they did several studies to find out how different groups of people scored on the test as groups, and they minister, administered the test to, you know, young and old and all, all that kind of stuff, but they also administered the test to certain groups of people. One of those was the Hopi Indians. And when they gave the Indians the the test and they started doing the test, they all started talking to each other and sharing their answers. And of course, those that were given the test said, hey, you can't do that. You have to do the test by yourself. Each one of you, you do it by yourself. Well, they just got mad and refused to do it. They said, What does it matter if I'm smarter than my brother or my brother is smarter than me? The only thing that matters is what we can do together. Church, we need to get that. This this competition mentality and comparing with one another, that's not from God. One's better at this and one's better at that, but working together, that's what gets it done. We just need to realize that all of the parts of the body are important. In our culture today, pride and individualism and independence, all those are seen as great qualities. But in the body of Christ, pride and individualism and independence cause strife and division and keep us from functioning as the body of Christ. Verse 25 and 26, So there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. No division. We're all in this together. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. You see, when somebody is going through a hard time, this is what the church is for. We're there for one another to help one another through those difficult places in life. The other truth is also important. When somebody is blessed, when when someone is honored, things are going well for them, we rejoice with them. Listen, don't be envious of the blessing of God on somebody else. That's a good way to keep the blessings from coming on you. No, we rejoice with one another. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. By the way, when it says, you are the body of Christ, you there, in the Greek text, it's plural. And hey, we got, a, we got that right in Texas. It's y'all. It's y'all are the body of Christ. Then it says, you are a part of it. That's singular. That's individually. We're all a part of it, but it takes all of us to make up the body of Christ. We're not the whole but we're part of the whole. You know, every one of you is important in the body, and without you, the body is incomplete and less effective. If you're teaching a a preschool class, you might not feel like you're reaching the world, but you just don't know who you might be teaching. You might be teaching a great missionary, I mean, if the Lord tarries, maybe you're teaching the person that's going to win the great missionary. And you don't know the eternal impact of that. You just need to realize that every single one of us is important, no matter what way you serve. I want to go to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 4 through 8. It says, As many as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. See, we, we make too, too much of a carnal thing about this gift thing, It's something from God, by God's grace. It's not something to be proud about. I mean, the world thinks that way, but we ought to know better. He says, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it. In our, in our ministering, he who teaches and teaching, he who exhorts and exhortation, he who gives libera- with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Listen, this is not a conclusive list. There are all kinds, too many to list, all kinds of giftings and abilities that God gives to people. I mean, you know, just to... Some people have a gift of encouragement. They just make everybody around them feel better and make, you know, put a little courage into people and make people feel stronger. They just have a way about them and things they say. Some people have a gift for smiling. All of us can smile, right? Some of you, you're not convincing, but I'm telling you, all of us can smile, every one of us. But some people, they just have a gift. I watch how people react to my wife and I always especially notice it when we go on vacation, you know, because when you're in airports and places like that, a lot of people are all stressed out and they're just, they're not happy. And Carmen's like, why aren't they happy? We're going on vacation. And she's smiling ear to ear and we're going down the escalator and people are coming up and I see them. They're just, you know, the scowl on their face and I see their face change when they see her. They start smiling. It works on me too. When I'm grumpy and I see that big smile, I'm like, man. You might think that's silly, but I'm just telling you, every single one of us has gifts that we can use in the body of Christ. Every single one of us matter and make a difference. That's what makes the body effective. You know, some people have a gift for organizing. They just help get things where they're going to run smoothly. Some people have a gift for taking care of details. You know, people like Heather back there in the sound booth, she's taking care of details right now. Do you know a lot of times, if you don't take care of the details, the wheels will come off. You're going to crash and burn. But see, we don't always see those people that are in the background taking care of the details, but they are so important. I'll tell you one of the most important ministries of the church, is one that is not talked about enough and is seldom uh, thanked and and acknowledged. So I want to do that this morning. I want to say thank you to all of our prayer warriors, to those who are intercessors. There's a, a job that just by the nature of it, it happens in the background. But I want to tell you that without prayer, there's not much Not just not good, there's not much God happening around here because apart from Him, we can do nothing. And prayer's how we get His help. And so there are people, that's this part of their gifting is that they are interceding for the church. Interceding, praying for the pastor so he can preach right. Praying for hearts to be soft so they can be changed. But it's so important, you see, each and every one of us, you know, and I want you to know I know that many of you serve in different areas your greeters and ushers and musicians and children's workers, your youth workers, our security team that keeps us safe all kinds of things, too many things for me to mention. So if I don't mention you, don't be offended. I'm just saying there's all kinds of ways that we serve here and not just here, but out in the community. Some of you, your gifting enables you to just talk to people freely about the Lord and you're having such an impact that way and ministering to people out in the community. What an awesome thing. Jesus is building His church and how does he do it he uses people Ephesians 4:16 says from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work it's held together by every supporting ligament you know what we need relationships that connect us with the body we got to have those relationships. It's one reason small groups are so important. It's through those relationships that we find support and encouragement. We have prayer for one another, and it just helps the body to be strong. But the body builds itself up in love. The love is the most important ingredient in the church. If you leave the love out, it's like leaving the sugar out of a cake. Yuck. A church without love is just ugly. It doesn't help anybody. That's the most important thing. But he goes on, he says, It builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You have a work, a job, a function, a place where God can use you. Your giftings. And you might not feel like they're that important, but they are. Those little things so often make the difference. You know, when you buy a watch and you say, Oh, look at my new watch, isn't that cool? But one little part inside that watch, if it's missing, the watch is worthless. And you see, that's the way it is. A lot of times we don't acknowledge, we don't think much about the little things or things we think are little, and yet it has everything to do with whether or not we're really being effective as a church and what God wants us to do. So many ways you can be involved in the ministry, helping with children's ministry, serving as a greeter, outreach, caring for the sick, intercessory prayer, so many things. I just wanted to say, we are His church. In the courtyard of a little church in a French village, there was a beautiful marble statue, and during World War II, a bomb exploded nearby, and it broke it to pieces. After some time, the people tried to reconstruct their beloved statue and they got it all put together, but there were no hands. And someone said, a, a, a handless Christ is no Christ at all. But then somebody else got a plaque and put it at the base of it that said, I have no hands but yours. Later someone added, I have no hands but yours to do my work today. I have no feet but your feet to lead men on the way. I have no tongue but your tongue to tell men how I died. I have no help but your help to bring men to God's side. And how appropriate it really is because we are the body of Christ. We really are. He's using us His church to reach the world. He's chosen to work this way. We're His hands reaching out to hurting people. We're His feet going where they are. We're His mouth speaking the message of the gospel, telling them that the Father loves them. We're His vessels that He's chosen to fill with His power that we might be able to be witnesses for Him in this world. You are his church. Stand with me. We're going to pray and I want our prayer partners to come.